So despite all the technical problems that we're having, we have gathered not in the palatial KFIV studios to commence a project for which John and I have briefly spoken about in the past for some time, which is the continuation of Constitution Thursday. Yes. We were offered this. Now, I don't, I don't know how deep I want to get into this before we actually start the actual show part of this, but the uh, Constitution Thursday was, well, I was pulled aside. John was not part of the conversation. I was pulled into the, let's just call it management's office and told to stop doing that because listeners hate it. So we stopped doing it. Okay. In the middle of the final episode, and John was there, one of the managers came in and told us, well, you can keep doing it as a podcast if you want. Right. In the middle of that, they told me that. I was there for that part. And I, I, I got a little, I guess snitty is the best word to use at that point, but, but, <laughs> but it, uh, it, it kind of resonated with me. And so I thought, well, I'll give it some time away and, and, and do that. Constitution Thursday was, uh, of the one hour of the week of the show that we used to do, Afternoons Live with Dave and John, it was probably 50% of the prep time for the show, just for that hour. It was a lot of work, and it's it was it was very rewarding, and we made it all the way through. As far as we Article knew, too, it was everybody's favorite part of the show. As far as we knew, yeah. Right. I mean, that's I mean, really that's. Although I've actually our heard, knowledge is limited. Well, I actually did hear from a listener last week who in, informed me that it was good, but it wasn't his favorite part of the show. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, so everybody except for that guy, right? And the you know came from consultants, and you know how it is. I mean, it's it's a business, folks. So we do what we get paid to do, and. At the end of the day, uh, they offered us a podcast, so here we are. And we're going to do this basically monthly, I think, is the goal at this point. And we made it through Article 7, which is the entire original Constitution. So we're picking up now in the amendments. I think we should go ahead and commit to the first 10 amendments at least. Say, well, we'll do the Bill of Rights for sure. And then if the podcast is an overwhelming success and people are rushing to, to sponsor it and be a part of it, then we'll then we'll go on. Okay, but otherwise, I think we'll we'll call it quits there. Fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it'll take us a good year to get through the first ten. <laughs> at, a, at the pace we go, it's going to take us a while to get through there. So I'm not sure that that's all that much of a commitment to you, but uh, but we'll it go through. It may take us a year to get through the first amendment. <sighs> it might. But I, I think we'll be quicker than that, but we'll see. So here we go, folks, with the Constitution Thursday, the Saturday podcast. Hang on. We the people. We the people. We the people of the United States. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging, abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully as, to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. That may be the worst reading of that you've ever heard in your life. That was kind of bad. It was but really bad. It's fine because the Constitution was written for the layman. And, and you got the gist of what it was saying anyway. Yeah. It's, if you, if you don't know what the First Amendment is, you're, uh, you're, you haven't been paying attention to this show for a while. So joining us today in studio, we got uh, we got me, Dave, obviously. John is here. 
John actually got up on a Saturday to come in and do this, folks. That's how important it was, Constitution Thursday is. It was kind Thursday of touch is. and go, dude. I did get here late. <laughs> Not by much. And, and really, to find late on a Saturday. Yeah, okay. I mean, you were up before three. Yeah. On a day you normally take off. Right. So, there you go. Also joining us, Pat, the lawyers here. Pat? Hello. Welcome, Pat. Glad you're, uh, glad you're here. Jeff, uh, chat room Jeff was supposed to join us, but he stiffed us. At the last minute. At the absolute last minute. He probably had better <laughs> That's not true. Had, I really doubt that. He actually had a job to <laughs> better do. Better than us. Well, that's, well, okay. He did have a last second thing come up. He, he was scheduled to join us, but but can't make it. So here we are, folks, as we, uh, we turn to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, having completed Article 7, well, for all practical purposes, last week, although it's been nigh on to two months ago now. Um, but as far as this goes, it, it was last week. First Amendment is, uh, from a historical standpoint, it's actually, I don't know if you knew this or not. This is an actual true story. This is actually the Third Amendment proposed. Really? This is not the first, it's our First Amendment, but the first Congress actually proposed 12 First Amendments, not 10. Only 10 of them, How technically 11 of them are going to be adopted eventually, but only 10 of them initially are adopted, and we put those in the Bill of Rights. And, of course, this comes from Madison, yes. who... Um, wasn't a big fan of the idea of the Bill of Rights. Didn't think it was necessary. Didn't think it was needed. But as part of the negotiations with the Federalists, they thought, well, we'll approve it if you, put, if you guarantee us a Bill of Rights. And so Madison, who was against that, put pen to paper and said, okay, here's the things that we think we should guarantee as rights. Wait a second. You mean they worked together in order to make something happen? They did something they didn't necessarily agree with. They said, okay, if we – remember the whole purpose here was union. The whole purpose here was to make sure that we had a government. And if it took a Bill of Rights to get that, then okay, I guess was Madison's approach. We'll go ahead and put People that in. There. Disagreed, compromised, and that's completely right. With, with greater good, and, and without, and you know, to you be say fair, that Pat, it was a really long time ago. Right, true, true. You say that though, but but it, it's a compromise in a different world. It was a compromise where neither side gave up their core principles. True. Madison right. and his and the Federalists got what they wanted, which was a federal government that was strong enough to. Strong enough to run the country and yet not not strong enough to destroy liberties, whereas the federal the anti federalists got what they wanted, which was a government strong enough to run the country but not strong enough to to smash on our liberties. So it's a it's the ultimate definition of compromise as opposed to politics today, which is give me what I want or I'll call you dirty names in the press. Well, to be fair, they did call each other dirty names. Well, they in did, the press, yeah, but. I mean. But they didn't say they were going to do it. They didn't. They didn't have the press on speed there's dial. That, and right. there's that wonderful YouTube video from the election of 1800. If you want to see what really <laughs> nasty campaign ads were like, yeah, that's, that's why it's funny to watch these guys today whine about that kind of stuff. So it, they put the pen to paper. He came up with 12 amendments. The very first one was actually from George Washington, which was the size of the representation. He wasn't real comfortable. Remember the original Constitution, kind of. They were going to do a census and they were going to enumerate the states. And then assign legislators based on that for the for the House of Representatives, but they also were going to dictate what they should be at the first. You remember that it says in there, this state will have this many, this state will have this many, until we can get to a census. Washington was not real happy with that, and he didn't feel like that was the best way to do that, and so he wanted an amendment in there, which defined that for X number of residents and citizens, regardless of you know creed, sex, whatever. If you got 60,000, he wanted one for every 30,000 people. Right. Which, if you ran the numbers today. What about 
1200 something like that yeah it would it would be a huge congress and, and i don't have a problem with that i really don't i to me the part of the problem with it one of the one of the principles of the revolution of course was taxation without representation but now because of the huge disparity in population between the states and the fact that congress has somehow or another managed to limit itself to 435 people that via legislation they decided this is it this is the maximum we will have so instead of changing the size of congress now they change the size of 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 representation right so, so if it's 435 people is 100 percent, the only thing that changes is the percentages right, across, across the, the states. across the states yeah, and, I, and I, I stand corrected actually it would be a congress of about twelve thousand. yeah oh wow that would be problematic and i and i can see where 30,000 might not work for that and in an era of the internet you know maybe you bump that up a bit but right now you've got i think it's six hundred thousand is the average across the country but then you look at some places where uh Montana is a good example. What do they have? One or two? I think yeah, one. It's a huge, it's a huge state, and yeah. there's like seven people that live there. <laughs> it takes like two days to drive across it. <laughs> right. But this entire state has both cops. <laughs> one or two. I mean, I know they have two senators. Yeah, but the right. cops don't care in Montana. They'll let you go how far. As long as it's daylight, you can go wherever you want. Really? Pretty much, yeah. They'll, they'll wave at you to slow down. I thought it was Montana where you got pulled over and, they, and you had to pay in cash. No, it was Wyoming. Oh, okay. Similar states. Just not quite. Wyoming, more, more cowboys <laughs> in Wyoming. similar in that respect. Yeah. Anyway, they, um, you've got this huge state. Delaware is a good example. you got these smaller states that have one or two people representing the entirety of the state, essentially. And then I think it's Wyoming. Doesn't Wyoming have an, a, a, an at-large congressperson? Yes. Because there's not enough people in the Wyoming entire state. And Alaska and Delaware, right. several of them. But if you think about, from an economic standpoint— Wyoming, with its one congressional guy representing this thing, has a much bigger economic impact than, say, I don't know, trying to pick a state that really doesn't have a whole lot of economic powerhouse. Delaware, you got the Wilmingport. Well, but, Delaware, you've got all the companies there. Yeah, so. well, yeah, incorporation, stuff like that. Wyoming, virtually, virtually all of the coal burned west of the Mississippi is coming from Wyoming. So... From an economic standpoint, Wyoming is a very well, powerful state. Same thing with Alaska and all the oil. Oil is coming from there. Whereas California, 37 million people, we've got 55 representatives in Congress. If California decides that we want something that Wyoming doesn't, we just kind of bitch slap them into oblivion. And, and see, we can do that on the podcast. <laughs> Take over things and, and kind of run roughshod over them. Whereas if Washington had had his way... Maybe there's a little more power now. The percentages would have remained the same, yeah. and it would have it would have balanced out. But it seems like you would have had more local representation with thirty thousand or a smaller group than this randomly selected six hundred thousand and limited to four hundred thirty-five. Even if they dropped like that, Modesto, to, we'd have right a bunch. Of, well, yeah, like ten. Right? We'd have ten congressmen just for just for Modesto. Just for Modesto. Maybe that's too many. Maybe you need one for every two hundred fifty thousand. And and in large Congress, I guess would be. Again, electronic communications faster. Things are different now than they were there. Maybe that's an amendment that down there. But that's the one of the original twelve amendments that actually is still out there. It's been proposed. It's been passed by Congress, signed by the president, and sent to the states for ratification. And it's still out there. Theoretically, that could be ratified. They, uh, well, didn't they just ratify a few years ago? They ratified one of the originals in 1992. Was- they actually ratified Amendment Number Two, which was also a Washington thing, which was the uh, which was the pay, the congressional pay. No pay raise until an election has come between. So you can't get elected, vote yourself a pay raise, and then and then 
wait till the next election. You have to wait until after the next election is what they say. Now they get around that by passing budgets or whatever that yeah. have this stuff built into it. So Tacking they just it on to other bills. Yeah, they just kind of ignore that. That anyway, must be cool but, if you're a senator because you're in for six years and the election takes place after. T- Right. After two. But I think, yeah, yeah, it works out well for them. <laughs> but that was actually ratified in 1992, and it's a fascinating story. The, uh, the I guess it was some kid in Michigan, some college student in Michigan, that was taking a con- uh, history course, read about this, hit on the idea that, hey, this is still out there for ratification. And it hit on a time when Congress was, I know this will surprise everybody, but Congress was have a, had a low approval rating, and people were mad at Congress because they thought, well, they're not doing anything for all that money we pay them. And so states actually kind of glommed onto that. And in 1992, I think it was Michigan that was the uh, 37th state that ratified it. How cool must that be to be like a 20-something-year-old college student? You got a constitutional amendment passed. Yeah, it's cool until you realize what else has he done in his life. You know, he, all right, you got well, a constitutional amendment passed when you were 27. But, but isn't that kind of like what? walking on the moon? I mean, once yeah. you've done something like that, you really yeah, don't have to it's do not, much It's not like, like you have to top yourself. Yeah, you I just always have that. Yeah, you can hang that on your wall. Hey, do you, do you remember when uh, you're at the bar going, hey, you remember when I got that constitutional amendment yeah. back? I mean, he could be working at Waffle House or whatever, and I'd still think he was better than me. Buy me a drink. <laughs> We're getting a constitutional amendment passed. So that left, uh, that left the last 10 that, were, that Madison had written. Uh, number one, of course, Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion, prohibiting free exercise, bridging freedom of speech, press, right of the people to assemble, and petition government for redress of grievances, all of which we've seen in stellar detail i guess in the past uh, even if you just took the past year john and, and pat that's all of this stuff has been on display in in so many ways oh, that yeah. it, it almost defies comprehension the first amendment of course is the is, go out and ask 100 people on the street most of them will come up with freedom of speech well, you know what rights do you have freedom of speech they'll come up with freedom of religion they'll come up with usually they'll come up with freedom of the press Beyond that, this uh, peacefully assemble thing, petition the government, redresses. Sometimes that kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle. Glommed into free speech, I think. It, it the, they all sort of do because they all sort of are related, in a lot of ways. Freedom of the press and freedom of the speech are freedom of the speech, freedom of speech are really just kind of two sides of the same coin. Is that a good way to say that? Sure. I mean. Because freedom of the press, we, we automatically assume that press means newspapers, but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, we've had arguments here with books that have been written about um, confidential spy stuff, uh, spy catcher, which was in England. But we've had similar books over here where somebody's written something that's confidential or classified, and the government has said, oh, I don't like that. But the, and then the judges have reviewed it and said, no, it's okay. We've had tabloid books. heard an interview the other night with a guy uh, – the rights from the National Enquirer, who was talking about this book that he's written and, and some of the celebrities that are not real happy about him spilling, spilling sp- secrets. And they're, they're, some of them are talking about suing him to stop, but how, how are they going to get that? Unless they can prove that it's slander or libel, which the definition of, well, let's throw that one to the lawyer and let him define the two. Well, slander is spoken and libel is, is written, but it's basically something that's false or untrue. That causes damage to your reputation. But it has to be false and untrue. Yes. And demonstrable, and that you knew that it was false and untrue. And that it causes damage to the reputation, which, I mean... Right. So if you print something and say, like, oh, well, this is just a rumor, but here's what I heard, right? you can get away with that. Well, I suppose, I mean, if, you know, a Hollywood celebrity, you know, can you make an argument as to, don't they already sort of have a reputation of not being the most upstanding moral people in the world anyway? So 
even if you published something rotten about them, if everybody already thought they were rotten. Right. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to write about Britney Spears that hasn't been said already? Right. Probably on our show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how it's going to damage their reputation, but then there's that knowledge element to it. The courts have been very drawn out about what they've said you can and can't say, and it's the court usually finds itself in a position where it will default to freedom of speech and freedom right. of press. They're going to let you say it unless it's demonstrably liable or slanderous. Well, unless you can really show that the person did it intending. They set out to make your life miserable and to, to hurt you versus they really thought it, you know, they thought it was true or they didn't think it would hurt you that bad. It really has to be a, a willingness kind of thing that you really wanted to hurt them. Which brings us to our case for the week. We do have one, John. I, okay. I, I went out of my way. Actually, this is this was the case that actually said to me, you know, we really ought to maybe start thinking about that podcast thing. I know we I know we looked at it. We thought, and then and then I saw this and I knew there's no way I can't not talk about this. And the new structure just wasn't going to allow me to. So here it is: the National Security Agency. It's been having some tough times lately. This, by the way, from the Washington Post. Yeah, the Washington Post. Uh, in wakes of reports Washington, that have been Washington D.C. No, no, Washington D.C. <laughs> in wakes of uh, wake of reports that have infuriated America's closest allies, especially German Chancellor Angela Merkel, because remember I was mispronouncing. I kept calling yeah. her Angela, which means that it's German Chancellor Angela Merkel, <laughs> by indicating that the agency has been engaged in unfriendly monitoring of their electronic skies. <laughs> worse yet, worse yet, the NSA was hit this week with a lawsuit filed by the public citizen by the public citizen in uh, federal court in Maryland on behalf of one Dan McCall of Minnesota, who is the operator of a website called LibertyManiacs.com. And, of course, we would not want to do anything to promote LibertyManiacs.com by, by repeating the website name, LibertyManiacs.com, so that you go there and perhaps support LibertyManiacs.com, who is suing the NSA. We would never do that. We would never no. stoop that low. Right. Uh, they sell, quote, freedom products for liberty lovers which sounds kind of dirty, but I'll let it go. The product humors T-shirts, hats, mugs, bumper stickers, and condoms. I made that up. Such with, uh, with uh, such manners of political slogans and are sold for a virtual store operated by Zazzle.com, which I'd never heard of. Zazzle.com. I, I think it's just like a, an internet shop front service. Is that legit? I mean, yeah. you would trust something yeah, called like, Zazzle.com? Like Cafe Press is, is another one of those sorts of okay, things. So Anybody I bought can go on Cafe Press. We could go create, you you've, know. You've probably bought Thursday. stuff from them at some point. No, without, I really haven't because I usually buy from eBay, Amazon, or I bought one thing from Cafe Press, and that's. So you're saying we could do our own store? We could do a Constitution Thursday store on yeah, Cafe Press. If we and wanted to. People would buy stuff and well, pay us know, to come in on Saturdays and do buy this. Stuff, but we could do it. Would you buy something on? on well, I would, of course, buy something on ConstitutionThursday.com. So we got to think about this. All right. Because we got to. I mean, we got to be. You know, you don't want to be getting out of bed every month on a Saturday. To, no. <laughs> Try not to be so enthusiastic about that. Anyway, Zazzle.com, which actually makes the products. The NSA, for some reason, does not appreciate a ceramic mug that is being sold on the website. It features the what appears to be a logo, says the National Security Agency on it. Um, what does this say? Peeping while you're sleeping. So it's 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 there it's there, it's kind of a logo. It's got the American Eagle on it thing with the key under it. And it says National Security Agency sleeping while you're peeping. And then down at the bottom it says the NSA, 
the only part of government that actually listens. <laughs> so the NSA doesn't appreciate that. It also has one that says spying on you since 1952. The agency probably wouldn't have had to been uh, static about the design, peeping while you're sleeping. The agency notified Zazzle in 2011. Now, this is interesting to me because this was 2011. So two years two ago. Two years ago. When this guy came up with this. This was before we knew about the NSA actually is peeping on us and gathering all our records. Well, and before we knew officially. I mean, haven't you always assumed the government is spying on you? A little, yeah. I have never assumed anything. Because you know what happens when you assume. Yes, I do. Of course we knew they were spying on us, but we did, you're right. We didn't know until Snowden went and, and told everybody. We didn't actually know, no. Which is, the, the, I mean, I don't want to get into this whole thing again, but that's really the problem with Snowden. That's why I hate him so much. Because he's, he's such a filthy, dirty, lousy, dirtbag of a criminal. And he told me something that I can't unknow. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. can't. I can't unknow what he what he is now officially. Because instead of coming out, the NSA instead of coming out and say, mm, "We categorically deny any of this," they came out and admitted it. Yeah, they were like, "So we told you in the least untruthful way possible." Well, of course, we're spying on you. Right. What do you think we do over here? Yeah. I mean, we got Hello, this, we got this giant building with antennas and a bunch of people. What do you think? The only part of government that listens. Anyway, that's why I hate Edward Snowden. So the the point is that uh, this was in nineteen or twenty eleven. So it was actually before any of all that. The agency notified Zazzle uh, that the federal law made it illegal to use quote the NSA or that seal in that way, and filed an eight page lawsuit against Zazzle, telling him to stop making these things. Seemed assist and all of that good stuff. I would presume that that would be the case. So this is the kind of thing that y you have to wonder about. The, uh, the age-old story of, of, uh, of George Washington, Washington or Jefferson, I'm getting mixed up sometimes. I think it was Washington that was in the Oval Office with the, uh, the ambassador from Bavaria or Germany. And all the newspapers were talking about what a lousy person he was and how terrible he was. Yeah, either Washington or Jefferson, it doesn't really matter because we see these guys as paragons of our country. And the newspapers of that day ripped into them. Yes. And... This ambassador is sitting there reading these papers in the or in the in the president's office. It wasn't the White House at the time, and said to the president, either Washington or Jim, "Why do you allow this? How can you, how can you tolerate this?" And the president handed him the newspaper, said, "Here, take these with you back to Germany, sure, wherever. Land, wherever you're going, Bavaria, Prussia, whatever it was." And when somebody asks you where you got them, tell them you picked them up in the president's office. The point being that we have freedom of press here, we have freedom of speech, and you don't, neener, neener, neener. Right. It may suck to get picked on, but, you know. We also have freedom of speech. We have freedom of speech, and you don't. So tell them where you got it. So the idea of picking on the government is, is, is as old as this country is. It goes back to our, I mean, colonial times. We used to draw, uh, I wouldn't call them dirty pictures, but we didn't. We, we drew political cartoons depicting King George and compromising positions and <laughs> the sort of like that. I mean, Classy we, it's, well, I mean, it's kind of who we are. Political, political humor is really, it, it's the most effective use of political free speech. There really is. Humor is what gets people's attention. You can, you can rail I want and, and talk about that. But if, if somebody hears what you're saying and, and they laugh, I mean, Carrie Underwood and the other guy, I don't know my country music star night at the, uh, the CMA awards. They came out and did a song about Obamacare, and it's 
it's gone viral all right. over the country. Humor is what gets people in. Political humor, people like it. That's why Johnny Carson, who's now dead, uh, replaced by Leno, eventually come out and they tell political jokes. Right? Right. That's why we do that. We, we make fun of politics on a yeah. fairly regular basis. All the time. <laughs> we talk about things that are, uh, you know, funny. People like to hear that. The, the idea of political humor, I have a mug, coffee mug, that my best friend from high school bought me for my birthday probably 20 years ago. And it's a def- it says defense, official Defense Department mug on it, and it has a price tag, and it says $10,000. <laughs> you know, back to the whole right. toilet seat <laughs> thing and hammer thing. And, and I don't think the Defense Department ever filed a suit saying, hey, don't, don't that, that's illegal. That's well, a good- they had a sense of humor. Well, is that what it is? Is, is it just that the NSA doesn't have a sense of humor here? Or And keeping in mind, in 2011, we didn't know what we know today about the NSA. So what's the basis for the NSA coming out and saying, nah, you're not making fun of us on a coffee mug? There is no basis. But they did. Well, I, well you I'll, mean what's their reason for doing it? Well, kind of, yeah. What's what's the idea? What's the idea? I, I would assume the basis for not allowing reproduction of the logo and all of that, that there were actually sensible reasons behind it, that obviously you don't want people making up fake credentials or really pretending to be part of the NSA. I don't see any basis for saying you can't make fun of us. Well, yeah, and, and especially because, you know, one of the things that uh, it has always been a thing is you're allowed to use, you know, even copyrighted stuff in, in mm-hmm. you know, for parody purposes. Exactly. Or and that's I mean, obviously. but what is it? I mean, is the NSA worried that their brand is going to be injured or something? I mean, that was ge- would generally be well, what you would have a problem with. That's why, like, Disney is really, you know, tight reined on what is allowed to be a licensed thing and what isn't well, that, is because you could hurt their brand. But right. th- that's because they stand to make a financial gain from right, it. Right. Exactly. And that's the difference because the Disney is a company that has shareholders right. that are making dividends that are making. The NSA isn't. I mean, I suppose you could argue, because you just mentioned a bit ago that this was before the stories came out, that they, the NSA could be arguing libel or slander because the mug says that they're spying on us, and at the time they did not officially... They were, and we didn't know. They did not officially <laughs> acknowledge they were spying on us. We are spying, but we don't officially so acknowledge they, that. So. so they basically sent Zazzle.com a letter that said, shut up. It's nothing. There's nothing worse than than what is it? Press speculation and, yeah, and it turns out to be particularly, correct. yeah, particularly correct press speculation. It turns out to be right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I don't know what they're reasoning for, but isn't this at core essence? Isn't this the whole reason for a First Amendment? Exactly. Yeah. To be able to to be protected from the 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 force of the government coming down and saying, you can't you can't do that because you're you're making fun of us and we don't like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the essence of, you know, being able to stand, well, I guess technically you can't stand in front of the White House anymore for security reasons, but standing right by the White House with a sign that says the president is an idiot. You, that's the, the whole essence of the First Amendment. Right. Theoretically, you can still do that. Well, you could still do it. I mean, you can't stand in front of it because they'll, they'll chase right, you off. They'll, but... move, they'll move you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But you can stand right out here with your sign that says your president is an idiot. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, they could stand out there with sign that Dave and John are idiots, but as long as they're not on our well, property, except, we'd have to put up with that. Well, except that would be libel or slander because it would be untrue. Yeah, I like to think so, but I... Plus, I'd go move them. Right. I'm not sure we could prove that in court. Oh, I probably could. <laughs> I hope somebody could, but it wouldn't be 
Me. Uh, anyway, the folks at the Department of Homeland Security also weighed in a couple months later, objecting to a design, Homeland Security, you know, the people that keep us safe from the terrorists, mm. objecting to a design with a version of its seal and the words Department of Homeland Stupidity. So it's not even really their seal. It's just a parody of their seal, and it says Department of Homeland Stupidity on it. It doesn't actually say Homeland Security. Like, at least the first one said National or NSA spying on you since 1952. You know, setting aside that there's no basis for any of these because it's clearly free speech, any of the people in either of these departments consider that if they didn't do these lawsuits, there'd be like six people in the country who knew about these mugs, and now everybody knows about these right. mugs? Maybe they have a. Maybe they do have a financial edge. Maybe they're actually making. Them. Yeah, it's their website. Some guy inside. They're suing they're going, themselves. I could. I mean, really, two years ago you would have said, "Oh, that's ridiculous." But now we're talking about the same people that are spying on us and not spying on Angela Merkel, German Chancellor. So, is it far fetched to believe anything that these people could be up to now? They could be listening to this very podcast. <laughs> hey guys. But it could be. You never know. Anyway, Zazzle withdrew the items. Cafe Press, by the way, still has really? them. Really? They withdrew? They withdrew them. Wow. Cafe Press still has them. I didn't actually look it up to see if they they had them or not. But um, Public citizen lawyer Paul Levy told the Washington Post that. So McCall has sued saying that the NSA listens parody and the DHS stupidity parody were protected under the First Amendment and has demanded that the agencies back off. Now, this was, um, this was actually posted November 1st, so this story is fairly new. It's taken two years to get to the point where we're actually suing the gov- counter-suing the government, saying, back off, this is protected speech. And hopefully winning a nice big settlement. Well, I don't know that you would get a settlement out of this, but couldn't you just uh, couldn't you, couldn't you, uh, say to the government, you, you, you gotta, you're not going to get any money out of them, right? Well... It depends on whether you, in Zassel's case, if you can argue that they were basically forced to withdraw those mugs by the pressure of the government, and therefore they lost sales. By how, the way, the, how voluntary was the withdrawal? By Cafe Press does in fact still have the mugs. I'm looking fourteen ninety nine. NSA spying on you. The only department they actually still have them, and they have stackable mugs and ceramic travel mugs, which I need a new one of anyway. Because my other one, they have T-shirts too. Those T-shirts would be good for Constitution Thursday podcast days. <laughs> they got a bumper sticker. The NSA, the only part of government. So they Let's still not have buy them in case it really is the NSA running it, though. Because you don't want to support them. No, so it comes down to. Um, so what do you think, judges, robes? I mean, are we? I as as the three judge panel of the first court of. I almost said afternoons live appeals, but I, I don't know what to call us anymore. Constitution, the first court of Constitution Thursday appeals, the three judge panel. Are we in agreement here that the NSA can kiss off? Yeah, that's yes. totally ridiculous. Are we confident that if we tell them to kiss off, they're not going to spy on us and tap our phones and try Absolutely to not. try to try <laughs> to try to, try to um, blackmail you, us with with the dirt on us that they'll find? What makes you think they're not already doing it? Well, because they haven't tried to use it for anything. I just assume that if they had the dirt on us and, and I'm sticking with it, man, because we can't start the first Constitution Thursday podcast with, you know, not doing the right thing out of fear, which is really the whole point right. of the First Amendment is we were supposed to be able to not fear our government. Right. And we're already finding ourselves now today where 
some judge somewhere took some lawyers to somewhere said instead of saying to the whoever in the NSA said, "Hey, stop that." Instead of saying, "You can't stop that." Actually took the time to write out an eight-page lawsuit, cease and desist order, telling these people to stop. And the judge didn't immediately throw it out, or the attorney for Zazzle didn't say. You know, right, that's the other part I don't get. Why I mean, did Zazzle say? I don't get that. I mean, if they came to me, and not only would I tell them it's ridiculous because of the First Amendment, but I mean, talk about a publicity banana. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been all over the front pages. And it may yet be, because, I mean, like I said, the story just broke last week. And yeah, it should have broken Post. two years ago when they first sent the letter and Zazzle to take a flying leap. Yeah, I'm kind of curious why that didn't happen. It seems like it should have. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know enough about Zazzle's... Uh, inner workings to know why they did it or why they didn't do it. So what do you think? 565-DAVE is the text machine number. You can you can also leave us a voicemail if you think that the, maybe there's something to this uh, this NSA spy case. Does it make you nervous that the NSA can do that? I know it's a podcast, but this the phone number still works. Yeah. You can actually... Just reference the podcast. Yeah, just ref, Yeah, just please tell us that. And drunk Kevin, you are on the ban list, so don't call. Um, <laughs> it's the weirdest call I ever got, man. And I'm not still not sure what that was about. In in, in the bigger in the broader scheme of the First Amendment, in the broader scheme of the protections that we have in place, this is really the linchpin. Twice in three days. Yeah, I know you never use it, and here it is. Here it is. On it's really the linchpin of the rest of the freedoms. I I know that I know that yeah, but that one doesn't count. I, I know that if you if you get into people's argument about which is the most important our uh, freedom. And I've argued, actually, that the writ of habeas corpus is the most important liberty. Really, in a lot of ways, the Second Amendment, people will say to you, the Second Amendment puts the teeth into the First Amendment. Right. And you can argue for Fifth Amendment protections, Fourth Amendment search and seizure stuff, but it really all flows out of the First Amendment. They, I know we, we've, because of the structure of the Constitution, they weave these things into these amendments, and they separate them out by clauses, but they could almost be one big homogenous thing Sure. And say, okay, here's your rights. Here's the rights football. Carry it with you wherever you go. Well, and I go. think that's that's probably why they group the first ten together as the Bill of Rights. Here are the things that we think are most important that should be, you know, preserved. Makes sense to me. Yeah, you don't have to agree with everything. So. No. But yeah, that, just because you're the special guest, you don't have to. No, but I mean, suck it, up. I think it actually, it's true. I mean, without the First Although Amendment. Although it helps. Without the First Amendment, what do any of the other amendments mean? If I got a right to a gun, but I don't have the right to say anything about the government. Why do you think, put your put your history thinking caps on here, why do you think Madison didn't make this the first one of the ones that he wrote? Why, why would the first one be Washington's representation, the second one be pay, before he ever got to the rights of the people involved in all this? Well, because the other two sort of limited uh, the power of government, you know, like, you know, pay... Basically made it so that you know they couldn't just like jack up their their paychecks, and also Washington's uh, sort of ensured that uh, the people would have access to their lawmakers in as direct a way as possible, and perhaps to a certain degree, just a deference to Washington. I mean, it's his desired amendment, so we'll put that first because he's Washington, right? Because yeah. it's George. We'll suck up to George. <laughs> I like I like your answer, John. I think you've hit the nail. On the head with that, so that's uh, that's really good. So that's our uh, that's our introduction to the First Amendment. We gather back about a month from now. We'll we'll start breaking this down a little bit further. We've got in the First Amendment alone here. We've got uh, what do we got here? Uh, hang on, we have 
religion, I don't know if we can do and putting the free exercise thereof in the same same one or not, because they're really two different things. Different. Uh, then we've got uh, freedom of speech, and that's going to be a while. Press, right of people to assembly and petition the government, redress as government. So we got at least five or six episodes here just on the First Amendment. Could take us, well, that'll take us about five or six months at the rate we're going. So... So we could be doing this for two or three years before we get to the Bill of Rights, but uh, we hope you'll enjoy it. We hope that you'll go along with it. Uh, you can reach us. This is uh, this is a little bit different because it's actually, I don't want to describe it as not part of the show, but it's not part of the show anymore for obvious reasons. Uh, you can reach us all today if you've got a question or a comment about Constitution Thursday, 565-DAVE, 565-32 is the telephone number. You can get me at dave at constitutionthursday.com. You can also get Pat at Pat at ConstitutionThursday.com. I haven't set you up one yet. Do you want one? No, I don't want to give emails right. from anybody. <laughs> and uh, and Jeff is also if a part. If you want to talk to me, you can ask Dave. Right. Dave is my handler. That's true. You just email no, me. We'll just forward all of them to you anyway. Yeah. And Jeff also has the same email, Jeff at ConstitutionThursday.com. That comes out of the LPL. Well, Jeff group. has one. I want one. That's kind of Okay. I'm uh, just saying, if you're going to give it to Jeff. Well, we did. We we get. He can't figure out how to use it, though. You so should see the that, emails back saying, I don't know what this is. So should that be journey at constitutionthursdays.com? Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we may have to change that. <laughs> anyway, you can get us at those email addresses and, uh, uh, and, and drop us a line if you have any questions on that or comments on the podcast. Plus, it'll be on the website, constitutionthursday.com. Here, uh, we'll try to release them on Thursdays because I think that seems to be Appropriate. The most appropriate way to do that is, is to haul them in there. So thanks for joining us for the first Constitution Thursday. I'm Dave. I'm John. And I'm Pat. And we'll see you next time around, everybody. Thanks for being with us today.